I'm Jeff MacArthur. June 2nd, Provincial Election Day. And of course, traditionally politicians, well, they do this, right? A lot of knocking on doors, asking for your vote. But more than ever, they're going to be doing that not at your door this election, but actually on your smartphone. And for more on that, here's Michael Diamond, who's a political strategist and principal at Upstream Strategy Group, who joins us now. Hey, Michael, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, wondering, first off, is this a function of the pandemic where close face-to-face -face contact obviously isn't ideal? Or is this an idea kind of campaigning on or through smartphone whose time has just come? Is it more of a natural evolution, do you think? Well, I wouldn't say that it's uh, that it's time is just coming. It's time has come, and it's been something that smart political parties and smart campaigns have utilized in one way or another uh, for several election cycles. Now, there's just more ways of doing it now. Uh, so, I think you know, certainly will play a higher profile than in previous elections because of both uh, the uh, pandemic situation we find ourselves in and technological advancements, where there's just more tools that digitally can be uh, be used to identify and persuade voters. Uh, but certainly. Certainly something that, you know, in uh, the 2018 campaign here in Ontario was important and uh, other campaigns uh, before that just uh, a bit less prominent. All right. So what can voters expect this time around this campaign in 2022? How are things going to differ maybe from that 2018 uh, campaign? I mean, I imagine there'll be uh, text messaging going on. Will there be other things that uh, people will see on their smartphones? Sure. Look, I mean, I think all, all of that. So there will definitely be, I think, you know, all smart campaigns and political parties will use text messaging to augment the other live calling and automated calling that they've been doing for a long time. You know, text messaging, again, in, in politics is nothing new, and it's been used for both persuasion. I remember the first political text message I got was in 2008, and it was an announcement from uh, the Stephen Harper uh, conservative reelection campaign about uh, banning uh, uh Candy uh, Popeye cigarettes, which uh, you know only stands out in my mind because I enjoy uh, I enjoyed uh, both uh, regular and uh, candied cigarettes back then. Uh, but uh, certainly more ways of doing it, you know, with automated responses to both not just uh, persuade voters to vote for you, but then to take an identification of how they're likely to vote. So then, when it comes to getting the vote out, uh, the campaigns will know how to contact through that same uh, text message uh, method. But certainly, you know, be it the digital advertising on your smartphone applications and and YouTube, uh, you'll just see more, 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 and more of that because uh, you know door knocking. If someone's going to come to your door, there's going to be a lot of voters that might uh, take a bit of uh, repel away, away from you because of the pandemic, and some volunteers might be on willing to do it. So you'll have to use those other methods uh, in, in more and more. And the good thing with a, a mobile phone, unlike a, a landline, is that uh, it, it is less intrusive to uh, send them on a text and to call them or to identify them through a uh, digital advertisement. And if you know they're at the grocery store, they can still uh, see it and, and respond. So a better use of resources in many ways. Okay, here's a question that just occurred to me. How do politicians, how do political parties get my or anybody else's phone number? I mean, I know Premier Ford, uh, you know, traditionally and quite famously, he's given out his uh, cell number for years now. So I understand why a lot of people have got that politician's phone number. But how do the politicians get our phone numbers? Well, look, you know, so I, I've worked on a lot of campaigns and it, it will depend. You know, in a municipal campaign, the elections agency will not give uh, candidates the, uh, for the most part, phone numbers. But uh, the way politicians get phone numbers is, frankly, and it surprises a lot of people. And I've, I've been on the receiving end of a lot of calls and campaign uh, offices from angry people who are upset that we've called them. Uh, the way we get your number 
is that you give it to us or you give it to another agency that sells it uh, to us. You know, there are public phone directories that uh, can be purchased and they can be matched to voters list. So you disclose that, you might not realize it, and that's how we get it. Now, a lot of people are also confused because they may have taken the effort to add themselves to the National Do Not Call Registry. Uh, something that's important to remember come election season, political parties and political candidates are exempt, as are public opinion researchers, from the uh, CRTC do not call registry. So, but they are mandated to uh, maintain their own do not call list. So if you get a call from a politician and you're a political candidate and you're on the national do not call registry, they have not broken any CRTC regulation again. But if you tell them to remove you from their list and they call you again, then they have. All right. Good information. Uh, does this sway voters, though, Michael? I mean, whether it's the traditional route of knocking on doors and interacting face to face, and I guess this is something a little different uh, because this is generally text messaging, maybe even just uh, voicemails or, or robocalls. Does this actually work? You mentioned a second ago about uh, getting irate uh, callers, people calling back asking, why are you bothering me? Why are you calling me? Is this something that really works to the advantage of a politician or a political party? Yeah, yes, it does. And uh, I mean, you know, uh, it does. And that's why they keep on doing it and why they're always looking for other uh, mechanisms. You know, even if we weren't in a pandemic uh, situation, and, and I do believe you'll probably by the time uh, uh, May and June roll around, you will see some amount of door knocking, maybe not in uh, multifamily, uh, you know, indoor apartment buildings, uh, but you will see some level of door knocking. But even without that, you'd still want to do live calling because you're always going to reach different people different ways. You know, some folks are accessible at their front door. Some folks are never accessible at their front door. Some folks are, will pick up a landline. Some folks will never pick up a landline if they don't know who's calling them. Text message, digital ads, these are just other tools. But uh, so they, they do work and that's why we use them. But, uh, you know, you, you did ask Will it help persuade voters? And that's only ever part of it. You know, no one comes to your door. A volunteer coming to your door is not there, and they should not be there to persuade you or to have a discussion with you about policy. It's a very quick gut check. Will you vote for my candidate, yes or no? Or are you undecided? If you have any questions, here's our literature, here's our website, here's our phone number. Uh, They're there to find out who will vote for them. So come election day or advanced polls, they know where to go back. So very little of this is about persuasion. Persuasion will be the larger advertising campaign, uh, some of the voicemails where you're not actually interacting with someone. Some of the text messages can be used for persuasion too. Uh, But uh, by and large, if you're actually talking to someone live and they instigated the uh, interaction, they're not calling to pers- calling upon you to persuade you. They're calling upon you to get an identification on you uh, and a gut check if you will uh, vote for their candidate. All right. Speaking of those gut checks, if you do get a text from a political party, can you respond to that text? And if so, does it go anywhere? To, does anybody actually read that? Oh, look, absolutely. I mean, you know, I recently worked on a campaign for uh, the leadership of a provincial uh, political party uh, in uh, Manitoba, and uh, we were using text messages both to contact members of the party, but also members of the public to sell them uh, membership. So it was a very important thing to to monitor. And there's certainly automated tools. So some of the responses can be, uh, you know, uh, use, use artificial intelligence to do that or sort, uh, sort sort of into buckets of what the uh, text message might contain, but uh, you absolutely want to uh, harvest that information. It's very, very important for both uh, getting uh, a gut check and a positive ID uh, identification on the voter's intent. 
All right. Well, listen, the countdown is on June 2nd, of course. And if this is the future and we're going to see even more of this are uh, smartphones uh, ringing with politicians and political parties, I guess it'll be a nice break from uh, all of the duck cleaning phone calls. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> thanks for the time. Appreciate it this afternoon. Take care. You too. Michael Diamond is a political strategist and a principal at Upstream Strategy Group. And we're back after this break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.